worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This week's major spoilers podcast weekend type edition is brought to you by Christopher Dunnin. One. <laughs> Done in one, because I'm funny. In any case, we thank all the spoilerites, but we especially thank Christopher. This one goes out to you. Major Spoilers theme song! The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Pod- on, on the air. The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. On the air. Pod, pod, podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Rodrigo. And I'm Stephen. If you're listening to the Major Spoilers podcast, 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 The Major Spoilers podcast is on the air. Hey everyone, welcome to the weekend edition of the Major Spoilers Podcast. So glad that you could join us. I didn't know we were coming apart. That was like Matthew's favorite line when we were in college. Mm-hmm. Somebody say, hey, join us. And Matthew's like, I didn't know we were coming apart. And everybody laughed. That does not sound like me at all. No, it was one of your jokes. I remember all the time you were saying that. I wasn't aware I was coming apart. Uh, I've never said that lie. No. Lies. Uh, This past week, we were talking about comic book conventions. And we were talking specifically about the San Diego Comic-Con and how it's really a spectacle. Mm Kind of like that going to the rock concert kind of thing. Going and rubbing, potentially rubbing elbows with superstars as well as the unwashed masses. Mm -hmm. Um, I talked about some of the things that I thought were really great about going to the San Diego Comic-Con. And, of course, some of the cons and... Matthew had talked about cons of the con as well. Um, but you had both kind of... Uh, Matthew, you had made the comment that you said you were too old to go to the, a con like the San Diego Comic-Con. Why is that? Well, I think what it really boils down to is you go to a comic convention, especially one like San Diego, for a couple of reasons. Um, primarily, I think most people who go go because of the spectacle because they want to, they want to be there when Joss Whedon announces his new thing or when Brian Bendis and the Marvel panel break the internet in half or when Dandadio 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 tells us all about the new 52 and everything goes kablamicus, you know, what was it last year? There was a big schmageggy. I don't even remember what it was. Uh, last year, there was a pencil of the eye. That was probably the big news that cracked the internet in half. Was but no, there was there was like a big, a giant announcement that they were going to do, and I can't. Well, they unveiled the Avengers cast, ever. right? They unveiled the Avengers cast. That was pretty big. Um, Doesn't that seem like forever ago, though? It does. It seems like a long time ago, and that's only because you know, three hundred and sixty-five days times ten average stories a day, three hundred and sixty thousand stories. People- what? 36,000 stories? Yeah. I think the people who go, you know, it, uh, obviously there are people who go because they want to meet people, because they want to see things. Some some of them want to buy comics or see the new stuff. Some of them want to meet, you know, the people. Some of them just want to get seen. 
I'm sure there are people who go specifically just to go and, you know, try out their new outfit so that they can go and yeah. cosplay Iron Man or whatever they do. So yeah. for me, there's no real interest in going and sitting in a panel necessarily. I Paradoxically, anybody who knows me will tell you, I'd love to be on a panel. Mm-hmm. I would love to moderate a panel, but I don't necessarily want to go and, you know, sit for a couple of hours and listen to a panel necessarily. There are certain topics on which I would, sure. But, you know, I'm not the guy who wants to, you'll recall when we went to uh, the uh, Planet Comic Con, there was a point where we were walking across the parking lot and you were going Steven Speed and my kid was going Steven Speed and I'm like, Molly, come back here. We're going Daddy Speed for a while. <laughs> you know, not necessarily, I'm not the guy who wants to go and just walk around and, you know, cruise for health's sake. Not yeah. that guy. Yeah. But I, I feel like to me, a lot of the pluses of it become negatives because I, you know, I can see wanting to go to talk about things and debate things or to, you know, to take my new comic and show it off and try and sell it to people. But at this point in time, I, I'm not going to go to buy books because I work in a comic store, quite frankly. And all the books that I really need to be interacting with, I pretty much have. All of the old books that I want, I pretty much have, except for the ones that I can't afford. I, I don't know. I guess I, I'm, I'm not really a walk around and meet people kind of person. Mm-hmm. As strange as that sounds, I'm, you know, I'm not the guy who wants to go and just be kind of wandering around. So, you know, if I were going as a major spoilers person, as I were, if I were there representing major spoilers or, you know, being on a major spoilers panel, absolutely love to be there because that means that I could go back to the motel room and sit there and drink out of the hotel bar on somebody else's dime. But also, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be, I wouldn't be like, a part of a crush of people. It's kind of my theory about why I don't go to the movies. Why don't you go? To I the don't movies? necessarily want, I don't want people sitting that close to me. Mm. It's a pain in the butt. Sometimes, you know, if I go to the big theater with the flippy uppy seats, I'll actually try and claim two seats. Yeah. Not because I'm big enough to fill two seats necessarily, <laughs> but because it's more comfortable to have that extra space. Yeah. You know, to have room to where Molly can flip around and do what she wants. Yeah. I went to the movie about three weeks ago some kid climbed up and started poking me from the next chair because he was bored by cars too. And his mother was an ignorant slut. Mm-hmm. Forgive me. That was inappropriate, but <laughs> it was just, she, she kept looking at him. She'd look at him misbehaving, futzing with a complete stranger five times his size. And I'm like, lady, I mean, I, I could just haul off. I would never do this, but if I were the type of person who would haul off and smack a strange child, it would literally take me three inches to do it. And I, you know, and I was trying to give her that, you know, that meaningful glance of, could you possibly take your darling child and perhaps, you know, assist him? Maybe he wants to go to the bathroom. I don't know. Yeah. But it was one of those moments where hell is other people. And I, <laughs> I think that that would be exacerbated by having, you know, 20 or 30,000 of them all together. All right. I mean, I can understand that. Uh, you know, I thought maybe you were saying as old because you would find it hard to walk across a convention floor, do that much walking in a day, that kind of stuff. And really a show, uh, eh, you know, a that's show, more of a fat thing. than. A- well, yeah, I mean, I can understand that. But even if you're in fairly good shape, Comic-Con is going to take a yeah, lot, yeah. takes a lot out of you. I mean, for years. Especially I mean, if you're buying things and filling your bag. Yeah, stuff. I mean, that stuff, that stuff starts to weigh you down and especially with all the freebies that people are getting and i can understand the appeal of the san diego comic-con where 
I'm going to get that information first before the internet does. Although Mm -hmm. the way the internet works today, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in a moment, but I can find out stuff 10 seconds after someone says it. I can get the exact quote 10 seconds after someone says it and 10 seconds after that and 10 seconds after that. Um, So I think that that appeal of getting those new things or those exclusive things is, is a cool thing. But I think that, and I've said this before that San Diego Comic-Con is, or Comic-Con International colon, colon, uh, San Diego has gotten a little bit too big for itself that so many people want to go because they're trying to do so much. And I think that ends up ruining it or souring it for a lot of people because mm-hmm. you can't go when you have, you know, 5,000 screaming fans of one particular franchise featuring vampires stealing away. And they're only going for that one day. And that's 5,000 people who can't go sit on different panels uh, mm-hmm. that, that kind of sours it on people. And I've noticed there's a trend where companies now are starting to, or at least the big companies like Marvel and DC are starting to spread their big stuff out yeah. to a lot of other venues. Now, a couple of weeks ago, um, the LA, uh, what is it? LA times film, whatever hero complex event that they had. Um, Jeff Johns and Jim Lee were there to talk 52 and, and the new Superman. It was right after that had broken. And that was something that could have easily been saved for Comic-Con, uh, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that we're starting to see that at some of the other conventions, some big announcements are being made. Uh, I love going to conventions, but they do tire you the heck out. When I would go to the uh, NAB every year, and I went every year for eight years in a row, we would wear uh, the pedometer just to track how far we had walked in an average day. Mm -hmm. And it was not uncommon in an average day for us to have walked on the show floor three plus miles. Nice. If not five. Five was kind of be on the high end, but on average is like three and a half miles a day Mm -hmm. just on the show floor. Now imagine doing that for four days, four days, five days. Now granted three and a half miles doesn't seem like a lot, but Mm. when you're on your feet for 10 plus hours walk and a lot of that time, even though it's not walking is standing. Yep. You get pretty exhausted. And mm-hmm. so my friend Charlie and I, a couple of years ago, had made the decision that we were no longer going to go to any of the major conventions because we were getting the press release stuff early with embargo dates on it. We were getting access to stories on the Internet um, as they were happening. And so there was really not a, a reason for us to go to a big consumer electronics show or NAB because we could get more done. Sitting at home. I mean, literally, here's what happens. At NAB or CES, when I would go to that, and I can imagine it's the same way when I would go to any comic book convention, I've got to get up at 6 in the morning. I've got to get ready. I've got to check the site. I've got to check the internet for any kind of breaking stuff. All right? I've got to try to update a few stories before I go to the convention. Then I have to get on transportation and eat and get over to the Las Vegas Convention Center. And then I have to go to appointment after appointment after appointment. Usually, typically, it's about six appointments a day, and that's the 45-minute appointments, 15 minutes to get to the next appointment. So Mm -hmm. a lot of running back and forth, a lot of sitting, a lot of blah, 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 blah. Unless you have internet access, and large convention centers typically don't have free internet access, and they don't have very good internet access, you're not filing stories from the show floor, right? right? So that means at the end of the day, you get done 5, 6, 7 o'clock, you may have time to go eat a quick dinner, but then you're back at your hotel at seven o'clock at night. And then you have to write stories of what you did during that day. And you probably missed half the stuff because you were at this event and not that event. Right. And so we made the decision that, you know, and I think a lot of people, journalists, reporters, entertainers, whatever made that same decision. Cause I remember that's 
maybe the year after Leo Laporte did it or maybe the same year that we did it, he just said, I'm not going to convention anymore either. I can just sit here and, and see it mm-hmm. and report on it from here. And that's kind of been my stand. And, and as much as I would want major spoilers to have a big presence at, at San Diego, I know that we would have to have somebody full time just monitoring the Internet somewhere else, maybe back at the HQ or whatever, mm-hmm. and just writing those stories and whoever's at the con are there for very specific reasons. Now, I have some very specific things that I would want us to go to uh, San Diego Comic-Con or another major convention to do. Host a panel, moderate a panel, be on a panel, but also major spoilers content stuff. Mm -hmm. That would mean that we are doing other things and not reporting on panels or announcements or whatever. So you actually need two teams. You need a team that's just dedicated to writing, and then you need a team that's dedicated to going and doing original content that you're doing on the show floor. Mm-hmm. And that's impossible with the with our budget right. and with the number of people that we currently have in, uh, working uh, at Major Spoilers. Um, Rodrigo, do you have any other things to add about San Diego? Um, have they moved it to Anaheim yet? Not yet. Duck! But, you, but you know what's interesting. Um, haha. Uh, uh-huh. Marvel. Let me see what you did there. Marvel, I mean, they they have a lot of big announcements and things to do. But it's interesting, in August, uh, the D23, the biannual uh, Disney Expo is going uh-huh. on. This is D23 this this next year. And uh, uh, Joe Quesada has a panel at this event to nice. talk about Marvel and how Marvel and Disney work together. So it wouldn't surprise me if there are a few nuggets of juicy information mm-hmm. that are not going to be revealed at San Diego but are being held until d23 i wonder if a lot of the uh reluctance nowadays to reveal things at comic-con is because it used to be that you had to reveal stuff at comic-con right so companies would be like okay well here's the end of this arc but we can't start the next arc until a month after comic-con right right? because we have to give the announcement first right so they had all these filler issues which then roughed up their whole trade paperback Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. deals and stuff like that so i wonder if they were like it's just too inconvenient to always time things so that they happen at comic-con well, or so that the announcement will come this, at comic-con goes back to the spectacle of it mm-hmm. but the other thing too is you have to remember mm-hmm. that that reporting and publishing have changed a great deal than they did 10 years ago mm-hmm. when i first started doing this stuff on the internet uh we were working closely with a video producer magazine i won't say the name Uh, It's no longer in print. Um, But you had to think of the print cycle. Uh, NAB would be in April. Mm -hmm. We would be getting information in March saying, please come to all of our events. Here's our uh, pre-NAB announcements. These are basically the announcements we're going to make of the show, but please come. We've got other announcements, blah, 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 blah. Because you go to NAB in April, at the beginning of April, Mm -hmm. you come back and you file all your stories with your print publications or whatever that you're doing. It takes basically a month and a half to two months for that article to appear in the magazine. Right. So people who would really be interested in the big NAB issue um, are the ones that are reading it after NAB, a month after NAB. Mm -hmm. Or if some companies were good, they would get all the press release information from the the companies releasing stuff and have a pre-NAB saying, here's everything that's going to be talked about in NAB, and it would come out within a week or two of, of NAB. Mm-hmm. And that's a publishing schedule. Today with the internet, like I said earlier, 10 seconds, it's up. Yep. And so you're right. It does screw up uh, the release date of certain things. I mean, I, I, I bet that they hate it that 52, uh, this relaunch, 
is coming in September, and Comic-Con is at the end of July. Right. Because what are they going to, you know, what can they say? I mean, they can give some more information, but I think most of that information that they have already shared has already come out. Now, there may be still some information that they're holding back. Right. But that retailer uh, letter that went out a couple of weeks ago, I think that contains a bulk of, here's what we're doing. Mm -hmm. Trust us. They're not going to give – the thing is, the other thing that people don't realize about major conventions is they're not giving you spoilers. They're not going to say, hey, here's what Superman's going to encounter in these first issues of Action Comics and Superman. Mm-hmm. They're not going to do that. So they give you PR stuff. And that's the other thing that's kind of disappointing about major conventions is they give you the PR stuff and they don't give you any real meat mm-hmm. to it. So that's, that's a disappointment. Um, what about smaller conventions? What about Planet Comic Con? What about the the upcoming Denver Expo or whatever it is, and and uh, smaller medium sized conventions? I would love for us to go to Emerald City, Emerald City Comic Con. That's not a huge one. That's the Oz theme song. Emerald City was what they called. Never mind. Five guys got that and they're laughing. So what about it? I thought it was a Perry Mason theme. (laughs) I was talking about smaller conventions. I like like smaller conventions. I like Planet Comic Con. There was an appropriate amount of walking. You know, I had access to the things that I wanted to have access to. And it was easy enough to avoid the things that I didn't want to have access to. There were some, there were certain items in certain booths since I had the kid with me that I didn't want her to see. Didn't necessarily want the midgets to spend a lot of time around the half-naked girls who I don't know what they were selling. But it it, it kind of comes down to a thing where... (laughs) Good times. They were selling good times. You know, there are a a fair amount of of revealing cosplay at the Comic-Cons. And there are a fair... But, you know, most of that is based upon the art that's in the books. But there are also a fair number of Playboy models... Um, there was an adult, uh, uh, video company that contacted us and said, Hey, are you guys going to the show? Can we share a booth space with you? You will we'll bring a bunch of our stars to do signings nice. and appearances. And I was like, sorry, we're not going. We don't have a booth space. Contact XYZ company. They probably pair up perfectly with you. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, there's, there is that, that element of sex and, and titillation that goes on. Right. But, uh, yeah, even at the smaller cons, there's that kind of stuff. Uh, so, okay, there's our talk about comic conventions. At least for now, next year, we'll bring up the same discussion again. Yep. You can mark it 360 days And we'll days have literally now. the same discussion. Except instead of saying that I'm too fat, I'll say that I'm marginally fat because I'm losing weight this year. Good for you. Uh, Matthew, you talked about Dollhouse on the Wednesday show. I did. All of this stuff is continuations from the other show. That's why people have to listen. If you miss an episode... It's like you miss out on a month's worth of, of stuff. And that's probably why we that's get a right. lot of emails asking the same questions again, yep. and, again and again. What um, in the world you were talking happened about, over here? You were talking about Dollhouse, and you didn't know how it tied into the series and that kind of stuff. Um, Buffy Season 9 right. is set to kick off in September, I think, is when it kicks off the first issue. Yep. Maybe August, I think. I forget which, which month. No, We've, I think it is August. Yeah, because September is issue two. We've got... Uh, We've got, uh, you know, all sorts of, of, of uh, comic books that finish up on stories that we've seen on television or in the movies. 
Is that a good thing? Jericho. Bad thing? What's what's the deal? Jericho, that was a big deal. For somebody. I don't know, but I think it's interesting to see that it used to be common knowledge that a comic could be your your springboard. You know, like Cowboys and Aliens was a comic, and then they're like, hey, but we really want to make it into a movie. But now it seems more like that the comics are continuations of other properties. Part of that, of course, is, you know, adaptations like uh, Dynamite and IDW are arguing to see who can adapt my life into a comic first, because I think it's the only property left. But it's also Buffy season eight's kind of spun out of the desire to see more Buffy and Jericho season three and then Angel had season six or, you know, comic books as continuations of other media are becoming interesting. I know that IDW's, I think it's IDW, no, it's Dynamite's Green Hornet series is doing right now a sequel to the Green Hornet movie. Yeah. Basically, it's a follow-up that kind of takes up those themes and characters. So it's interesting to me to see that change to seeing comic books as a medium to continue something after maybe your movie didn't do box office numbers or your television series got canceled by an uncaring network. Fox. Is that interesting, Rodrigo? I mean, is that something interesting? I, I, I don't know if there's a series that you have found. Let's take Misfits. You were talking about Misfits, mm-hmm. and you're watching that on the BBC. Uh, I think that got picked up for a third season, I think is what it is. But what if what if it hadn't? Would you be interested in reading the continuing adventures of these misfits in, in comic booky form? Uh, maybe. I mean, that that might be it for me that I actually haven't found a TV property that gets canceled. And I want to keep reading about or keep seeing. And also there's a comic for it. Right. Um, you know, uh, obviously uh, they shouldn't make comics of the cape because if you made a comic <laughs> of the cape yeah that that would be that would lose any cloud that the show had and it had very little <laughs> to begin with well about heroes continuations of heroes telling stories set in the hero universe sometimes having those characters in there but in comic book form would would be interesting if i was into heroes i guess um so you know it's not a bad thing certainly um i don't i don't have a a problem with it but it is interesting that that is a viable alternative now because it used to be that you would have these like weird little side comics is like you know to to a large degree that's why those star wars comics that both that that kick-started the uh the um expanded universe right um totally in the wrong direction <laughs> um <laughs> we're about you know, it's like people wanted more Star Wars. Green Jedi well, that's rabbit. what I, that's what I was going to bring up is the Star Wars comics, mm-hmm. the Star Trek Gold Key comics. Yep. I mean, here are the continuations of the series stories that you couldn't get while you were waiting for Star Wars Two: Empire Strikes Back, right, um, to come out. And so I think this has been kind of going on a long time. I mean, think about uh, the the cowboy western comic books that hey, you've seen Roy Rogers on TV now. Read his adventures in comic book form. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a new idea. But do you well, think it's become? Were, go ahead. I think those are a little different than what we're seeing now, though, because the you know comics for like oh I don't know Tom Mix and and you know the the cowboy stars weren't intended necessarily to bridge any gaps in their narrative. Jericho mm-hmm. season three is specifically what they part of what they wanted to do had the thing been picked up and you mm-hmm. know the buffy is 
by the creator of the series, and it's his official take on what happens next. If you've right. ever read a Gold Key Star Trek comic, they bear very little resemblance <laughs> to an actual Star Trek story. Mainly because like the Italian the, uh, artists the have never Gold seen Key. anything. Well, yeah. And right. that is the difference. The old Gold yeah. Key Twilight Zone stories are not Twilight Zone stories either. They, you know, they go to the Outer Limits ending where everything's horrible, really, really terrible, and we all have cancer of the wrist, where, you know, that's not a Twilight Zone ending, but that's what you get from the Twilight Zone comic book. You know, those type of adaptations almost I hate to say cheap jack cash-ins have always been around. Uh, well, but is that, a, is, that is that what's going on today? Is that what's going on today? Is that what's going on with Dark Horse and IDW and, and Dynamite and well, Boom? Over the last 10 to 15 years, there's become you know a big focus on what's canonical, what really happened. Right. And these adaptations are the creator, the owner, the people in charge. They're canonical adaptations of what happened next. It's not, hey, now you can read about Condor Man in your, you know, your weekend funnies. It's, this is what happens after Condor Man beat the evil space turnip. So I think it's a little different in that these are creators taking stories that they would have told in movies or as a television series or in another, you know, another place in another form and putting them in comics as a way to get those stories out to the fandom. It's almost like niche marketing. It's taking the 50 or 60,000 fans who really want to read more Jericho and giving them Jericho in a form where 50 or 60,000 fans is a good market base. Right. Right. Whereas Tom Mix comics were just kind of creepy. <laughs> I bet they sold a million copies, though. Um, be interesting oh, to see yeah. how many copies that they that they no, sold. In those days, Dippy Duck sold a million copies. Oh yeah, like Baby Huey, I think at one point sold a million copies in that from uh, from uh, Richie Rich or whoever uh, Harvey Press or whoever mm-hmm. had yeah. that. Yeah, the um, last issue of Casper the Friendly Kid sold a million copies. And then next month, of course, after the car accident. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, Matthew, I was looking up something. I was doing some research. Uh, many times when when I've brought up the year that star Wars has been released. Um, it was released in 77 and you often say 76 and we have a little back and forth. Um, here's the thing. It was, it was not released in 76. It was released in 77, but you know, I would have sworn up until I actually had to look it up about three years ago, four years ago. Um, I would have sworn up and down with you that 76 was the year that star Wars was released. Here's the here's the, some interesting things, and this kind of goes back into this comics as a continuation because it's actually books as a um, books as a adaptation of the movie, mm-hmm. novelization, novelization of the movies. Um, the actual movie of Star Wars had, and this is why we can't really say it was released in '76. Lucas had invite only screenings at the studio for people to come in and see Star Wars. So there was no way that you and I could have ever seen Star Wars in 76. Did come out in 77 and it's in its release. However, in 1976, the novelization of Star Wars came out. And I'm wondering if that's what you and I are picking up on and saying, oh, well, I remember reading that Star Wars book. I remember that time period. And then the movie came out right after. Mm-hmm. And so it had to be in 76. And so I'm wondering if that's when you, what you and I are, are maybe remembering as that 76 release unless of course we fall into some different time warp and then we're in a parallel dimension Mm. 
uh, where it's it did possible. come out in 77, and, and you and I were from another dimension well, where it came out in 76. I mean, there's a lot of people who swear up and down right. that, uh, uh, what's the guy from South Africa, the apartheid? Uh, uh, Mandela. Mandela. People swear that he died in jail, hmm. and he's obviously still alive. Mandela? Right. Yeah. Obviously, and there, there are people who don't remember when President John Wilkes Booth was shot by Abraham Lincoln. I mean, yeah, yeah. This <laughs> I'm just, I'm just wondering if that. No, I'm just wondering if that is what happened. If well, you saw the novelization me, or read the no- novelization, and I don't remember when the Star Wars comic came out. I think it may out. have been the comic book version because I remember the Star Wars giant size comic book version that my cousin Elwood had one summer when we were camping at the lake for like a week and a half. And I swear to you that this would have been 1976. Well, I don't know why I say that, but it really does. You know, my brain says 76, neener pants, neener pants. Right. Uh, the other thing that I'm, I'm wondering too, because, and I, and I'm trying to find out what the release is on the star Wars comics. Um, ba, 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 ba. if you can find, I a believe date issue on that. one came out in July, July of 77, but I want to say that the album version, the Marvel Treasury Edition, came out before that. I may be wrong on that. I don't know. Yeah, it says here that the book came that- out in 1977. Um, the, uh, the, the concern here, and again, uh, just as we get older, maybe we forget these kinds of things. The Star Wars comic book was so different from Listen, the movie. Listen, I don't forget anything there, Steve. Because the Stan. people who were doing the art on... The Star Wars comic book didn't have any access to the uh, to the look of Darth Vader. That's why he's green in the Marvel comics. The Death Star looks radically different. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the characters look different in. I think the Millennium Falcon looks a little bit. There different. are actually scenes in in the comic book adaptation that were never shot. Yeah, yeah, or didn't make it into the film. the uh, The meeting with Jabba appeared in the mm-hmm. comic book adaptation years before they released the footage. Yeah, and so. I'm I'm wondering if uh, because we get so involved in certain aspects of pop culture, if we don't start mixing up mm-hmm. some of these elements and thinking, oh well, this happened here, you know, does that make sense? Right. Yeah, it could be. so uh, and it could I, certainly be that we're just full of crap. It could be that too. Um, but what do you think of the novelization of movies? I didn't. I don't even know if they do that anymore. But back they, in the yeah, day, they still do. Back in the oh, day, definitely. that was the thing that I would do. Is I would go out every time there was a movie I wanted I, to see, I'd go buy that novelization and tear through that stuff. Um, I believe. Uh, I remember Scroll the Brian. novelization of Star Trek Two. Yeah, being better than the movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think Scroll Brian's a big fan of novelizations of movies. Yeah. He's, um, a bi- he's a big fan of novelizations of comic books. Yeah, that he too. Loves, yeah. He loves um, Nightfall. Yeah, The Death and Return of Superman, I yeah, think yeah. he also liked better than yeah. the comic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, obviously there's a there's a market for it. Yeah. Um, it's just a couple guys in Salina, but still. <laughs> um, no, I, you know, I think it's fine. I think that, you know... Uh, there have been very few things because that's just not the. You know, I just don't get very excited about things. There have been very few things where I'm like, "Oh man, I need to have more of this work." Like the first time I got all the way through Runaways, I was like, "Oh man, I need to find Volume Two of right, Runaways." Right, right. I really liked it that much. Um, so I can believe that people will be like, "Oh man, this movie was awesome." Now I need to read a novelization of the same movie. Mm-hmm. Basically, I need to read this movie. That's how awesome it was. So um, yeah, I think that I think that market is out there, and I don't I, honestly I don't see a problem with it. The interesting thing is that is that eventually, as time passes, your brain stops separating 
what you read in the book and what you right. remember from the movie, and right. it all starts merging. I read the novelization of 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm-hmm. and there are things that I remember being in the movie yeah, that yeah. kind of aren't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. um, I went back and watched yeah. it, and I was like, I really They're remember this being very different. Yeah. And it's just because in my brain that it looked different. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that it happens. I mean, I've done that with a lot of books, too, and, and read in the movies. The novelization of Raiders of the Lost Ark is very interesting because it does have added information that you don't get from the yep. movie. But if you sit and watch the movie with that added information, the movie suddenly becomes that much more enjoyable. And you're like, ah, this is how this happened. Like, yep. you know, you, the, the scene where Indiana Jones is uh, uh, on the submarine. Mm-hmm. And they're going off to Nazi Island to open up the uh, the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, you're like, well, how? What if that submarine submerges? And it's because the submarine doesn't totally submerge. He ends up hanging on to the periscope for that entire trip, mm-hmm. and he's using his his uh, whip to basically lash himself to that periscope until they get to Nazi Island. So it's like something you wouldn't have gotten <laughs> in the movie, or you might have been saying, well, you know, had been confusion about, but you know, they answer it in the book. Right. In a way. And I thought the novelization of uh, uh, Temple of Doom was much, much better than the movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah. Anyway. Yeah, uh, that's one for you. Speaking of adaptations, maybe it should t- title this episode Adapt or Blank, Blank, Blank. Dot, dot, dot. Um, Captain America. Yes. It's an ad- adaptation of a comic book. Mm-hmm. But well, in I some countries. So adaptation. In some countries, movie isn't going to be called Captain America the First Avenger. Right. It's simply going to be called The First Avenger. Yes. And Captain America, in most of the posters that we've seen for U.S. distribution, have been um, Hunky Mc, uh, Solid Stone there, standing there by himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the international posters, it's uh, Captain America and the Howling Commandos mm-hmm. uh, that occupy the space, and there's a big red skull uh, hovering menacingly in the background and it's just called the first avenger right what are your thoughts on that rodrigo um as someone who comes from a country that that not hates native, america that hates yes. america um, and that's why there are so many of them are constantly yeah, coming Ohio. to america yep <laughs> um no of course not mexicans don't hate the united states no, no. we love we love your uh women <laughs> um stop stealing our women Rodrigo. Yeah, sorry um I think it's very interesting because, you know, you're right. I like sometimes movie titles get translated because they wouldn't make sense. For example, right. you have something like The Nightmare Before Christmas, mm-hmm. which only makes sense if you're familiar with The Night Before Christmas. Right. Which is something that only English speakers are really familiar with. Mm-hmm. So when The Nightmare Before Christmas was brought to Latin America, it got changed to Jack's Wonderful Christmas, ah, okay. which is weird. Yeah, yeah. But you have to because, you know, you could have called it The Nightmare Before Christmas, but it wouldn't have made any sense. Right. Or it wouldn't have had that same punch. Right. Um, you get things like um, uh, a lot of the Disney releases mm-hmm. where it's like they have to change the title of the movie to whatever the title of the book that the movie comes from. Right. So Alice in Wonderland becomes Alice in the Country of Wonders because that's how the book oh, was translated. translated. Yeah. Um, so you have to call it that so that you get that recognition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The whole Captain America thing, though, is different yeah, because yeah, is. that is um, kind of a, a, a national sentiment right. and the studio's trying to play to 
that mm-hmm. so that they will still make money. Right. Um, I will tell you right now, probably the main reason why Captain America is going to be fighting Hydra primarily, and, and maybe Nazis would only be mentioned here and there, is because they want to distribute this movie in Germany. Yeah, but I wonder... And again, Germany is tight about you know, what they, references they to Nazis, are Nazis there are. Yeah, yeah but if you, got a, um, if you got Nazis getting their cans kicked by super soldiers, I don't think Germany would have that big of a problem with it. No, they would. Um, Actually, I believe that it is German law. Uh, certain depictions of Nazis and Nazi symbols are not allowed. Right. They will um, not allow it to be shown in the country. You guys, uh, you guys remember that uh, that video game, City of Heroes? Right. City of Heroes had to change one of their enemy mob types from Nazis to just kind of Nazi-like right, right, guys. Right. They had to change their the. They had to alter the symbol that they carried enough so that it wouldn't be recognizable as a swastika because they wanted to be in Germany, right, and right, Germany right. is very uptight oh, about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I as, as well, they should be. That. You know, yeah, yeah. they should. Terrible, um, terrible things that Germans did. <sighs> That's not what I'm getting at, <laughs> dork. No, 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 no. I understand, um, but but no, but it, not just not just not just Germany, right? But what about those countries that aren't uh, super fans of America, right? You know, you're gonna you're gonna let a uh, something that could potentially like be, yeah. Let's say Liechtenstein. You you do you really want a movie coming in uh, spouting uh, how great America is? And well, it's you know, it's it's a obviously it's not the same thing. Oh well, actually. Um, eh, that's not quite the same thing, but you look at a movie like 300. Yeah. Who are the bad guys in 300? The Persians. Right. Who are Persians nowadays? Uh, that would be the people from the Middle East. Yeah, the, the Iranians. Yeah. Basically. Um, yep. but people say Persians here all over the place, or actually, here's a better example. The 13th Warrior, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the main character in the 13th Warrior? An alien? And No. <laughs> I have not actually read that. It's, a, it's, an, it's an Antonio Banderas movie. Antonio Banderas. That's the... right, Antonio Banderas, and he's an Arab. Oh, okay. But you know, he's a he's a movie ancient past Arab, right? So they never say that he's from you know Saudi Arabia or Iraq, right, right, or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, they say he's but, the Caliph of Baghdad. Right, exactly, exactly. And ba- where's Baghdad, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you get things like that. You know, Persepolis, obviously mm-hmm. very important uh, animated work. But as it's marketed, you don't always hear where it takes place. Right, 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 right. Um, so that happens here as well. And when you go to countries that maybe don't like the United States all that much, but you still want to make money there, mm-hmm. you tweak those things. Mm-hmm. Can you think of something specific yeah. that's been brought to America that's been done that way? Um, yeah, there's well, been. I'm sure, there are a number of things. Yeah, and and I forget what it's actually called. There's like a name for it based on somebody who like used to do it, and it's, it has their last name tied to Bowdlerization? it. Bowdlerization. Um, that I think is largely a like kind of a, a grim fairy tales watered down thing, isn't it? Bowdlerization is basically when you 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 cut out the things completely. Right. Yeah. Actually, that, that is what offensive. it is. Like when they, yeah, when they air the Tom and Jerry cartoons, when they do the blackface gags, they'll just cut the whole sequence, right, even if right. it doesn't make sense. So you do have that that kind of thing going. And what he did was, I think that guy specifically uh, edited Shakespeare mm. to be more you yep. know kid friendly basically mm-hmm. so um more appropriate for women and children. you know I don't have any examples 
Uh, well, I mean, you've given some. You've given Tom and Jerry and right. uh, Shakespeare, etc. Yeah, I mean, you know, it. you see that through time, mm-hmm. certainly, mm-hmm. Um, where, you know, you could have a, Nazi, guess, a, a, a cartoon making fun of Nazis in which Donald Duck was a Nazi, right. but seeing in today's context, right. that is horrible. Yeah. I, although I don't think it is. I think it still stands editorially as a cartoon of here's an american company right attacking the ideals of your war enemies and and if that's how it was shown it would be okay right but of course people are going to take that out of context i'm wondering and again too uh if maybe it's harder to come up with some examples of things being changed for american audiences because we don't watch as americans we generally don't watch as a as a whole or a large or whatever greater percentage foreign films um there's we watch a, remakes. I don't know if that's, we watch remakes of foreign films. That's we're not well, going to sit in a theater and more watch. And more. We're not going to watch a, 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 a actually watch the uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo. We're going to watch an English remake of the what is Swedish or Norwegian well, movie. Here's here's an example with people and, that we know, and it's a it's a it's a um, it, it's it's not a super uh, direct example of this, but there's a there's a French movie which in the United States is known as. Entre nous, mm-hmm. which means between us. Right. And that's how people know it. That's the name of the movie is Entre nous mm-hmm. in French. Right. And when I first watched it in film class, they were like, okay, we're going to watch Entre nous. They put it on. It was subtitle. And when the title came up, it was called Coupe de Foudre mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, what? I thought, yeah, yeah. like looking through my syllabus, I was like, what is this movie? And it was that. Right. But when they brought it to the U.S., they didn't want to translate the title, mm-hmm. and they still want it's a French movie, and they wanted to keep that. So they changed the movie to another French word, yeah, yeah. another French phrase that Americans would understand and be able to translate to themselves while still keeping it in French and maintaining that mystique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and w- without getting too deep, because it's definitely a quagmire, there were a lot of things that. Uh, right after in November of 2001 stopped being acceptable and Mm. stopped being seen or, you know, were cut out. There, there were entire movies where they would just edit out sequences of the New York skyline. Well, Spider-Man and old. Yeah. Clear channel communications actually sent a list to their thousands of radio stations and saying in this climate, please, you know, think about playing these songs and whether you should play them a list of songs that might be considered inappropriate in that climate. So it's not as though it's an unheard of phenomenon to have this happen even in America. But I think what it boils down to is, and I think you're probably going to see, I've seen a little bit of snippy backlash on the interwebs here and there about why, why they can't call it Captain America. It's not that they can't. It's that it's not going to be as profitable or as widely seen as Captain America as it would be as the first Avenger. And I think from a marketing perspective, if you're going to have an arc that leads to a movie called The Avengers, there are probably 200,000 people in the world who will tell you right off the top of their head, Captain America is an Avenger, and so is Iron Man, and so is Thor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it makes sense to build towards that Avengers universe that they're that they're so desperately trying to cling to the belief that it can actually happen and it can't. But, you know, it, it's something where I can definitely see the reasoning behind it. But I think that, for instance, if we were to have, like, Green Lantern, 
I'm sure that Green Lantern's name is being translated differently. You're not going to, I don't know if you're going to go to Spain and you're going to see La Lentrina de Verde, but I don't no, know. No, you are. That is Green Lantern's name in Spanish. It's Linterna Verde. Okay. So you got that, you know, but I think that there are probably going to be places where he has a different name. Mm-hmm. You know, you might, you might go somewhere and he will be like, the man of the magical ring or a power ring or, you know, Flushman. Why are his, why are his, know, but toes some of that showing? though is just translation error though. Well, or just because, well, because Green Lantern, right? Because imagine if Green Lantern had been created somewhere else and they brought it to the United States and it's like, well, we can't call it that. That's a car wash chain. Right, right, right. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's Lantern Man or, yep. uh, li- we'll call him Light Man. No, we'll, I know what we'll call him. Instead, of, we'll just we'll call him Lens Man because yes. he has that ring and it focuses his power like a lens. See, nice. So, bottom line, is it a big deal? Should we be worried? Should we be like? I, I don't think. I don't think it is a big deal. I think. I think it's interesting that the studios are concerned enough about it mm-hmm. to actually change it when they send uh, the the information over to, to to give other countries the option right um i think it shows a surprising amount of business savvy and awareness to say well you know not everybody not everybody thinks that the united states is so super great and what who are those countries exactly exactly <laughs> and i'm sure there are people listening right now who are like what what but it's true, you know, every country has opinions about every other country, every person has opinions about every right. other country. Right. And there are lots of people in lots of countries who think their country is the best. There are people in lots of countries that do not think that their own country is the best and that mm-hmm. think that maybe some other country is the best so that they think that there is no best country. And uh, you know, a lot of Americans don't understand that and that's kind of amazing um to someone who's foreign. Um and I think that the fact that these studios run by Americans are willing to say, well, if we want to make any money in Russia, then we better give them an option. Right, right, right. Um, Do you know all the countries that this is being changed in? There were like, there were only the, like three or the four. There were, there were only, I think there were Russia, only a handful. South Korea and the Ukraine yeah. are the ones that have been confirmed. But the thing is, it's it. not that they're changing the title either. No, they're uh, just dropping Marvel the Captain America. Or, they're, no, they're giving them the option. Hmm. They're saying in a certain country, you have the option to distribute it as the first Avenger. They're not changing mm-hmm. the name. They're giving certain countries and certain territories the ability to look at it and say, do we yeah. prefer to call it by a different Adver- Basically advertise it as the first Avenger. Exactly. That's a little bit different. And I think, you know, there are going to be people who are upset. And I think there's going to be some jingoistic rhetoric that says, well, we shouldn't have to change it. Well, they don't have to. They are giving people the option to. They are giving them a choice to make a decision based on how they feel. And, and, you know, honestly, to me, if it comes down to the name America in the movie, giving people a choice seems to be a pretty damned American thing to do if you, you know, if you're looking at it from the positive side of the thing. So I don't necessarily think that it should ever be a big thing. I think that honestly, and this is going to sound snotty, the people to whom it is going to be a big thing are the people who would have already been upset about something. Mm. To some degree, I think it's the people who already are upset about 
you know, be it international relations, be it American policy, be it, you know, foreign policy and the way America is perceived. These are people who already have a problem. And this is just going to be something that they can add to the list of things that they're bothered about, because it quite frankly is a really, really minor esoteric bit about, you know, what I hope is going to be a good picture, what I hope is going to be a popular picture, but may turn out to just be another movie that rolled off the end of the pier. So I can't wait to see it. Yep. I think in the end, it really all just comes down to money, and they're they're giving people the option yep. to 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 market it in such a way that it makes more money. Again, you know why yep. why should we have to change the name from the sh- of the Chevy Nova? It's because nobody's going to buy it in Mexico. <laughs> That's why. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, okay, plenty of people bought it in Mexico, but it was but still it wasn't funny. Called, what was it? Was it still called the Chevy <laughs> yeah, Nova because no va means yeah, yeah. doesn't go. It doesn't go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else, gentlemen, that you guys want to talk about? I, I, I think in Mexico they actually called it the diarrhea. Yeah, the which is uh, some Latin for something. Yep. I don't. Know. Rodrigo likes to mock me for my high school Spanish, so I'm just going to walk away now. <laughs> okay, and I think my hovercraft is full of eels. <laughs> We're going to walk away too, and we're going to see you on Wednesday next time that we have the uh, episode that comes out, which we're going to talk about Queen and Country from uh, Greg Rucka. Why? Because we know that you love comics, and we do too, and we will talk with you real soon. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas for future shows, or would like to sponsor a show, send an email to podcast at Majorspoilers.com. Visit Majorspoilers at Majorspoilers.com, and be sure to check out the Major Spoilers Forum. You can also follow Major Spoilers on Twitter at twitter.com slash majorspoilers and on MySpace at myspace.com slash majorspoilers. Fat the X-ray vision of Superman. I could save a few bucks and stand around and read through the covers of the comics on the stand. But although every other page would be backwards, I suppose, I could still read the evens and the odds. Well, I don't know. Guess I haven't thought this all the way through. Plus, as soon as the comic book store guy knew, he kicked my butt out on the corner. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Way. If I was hulking green or gray, I could just bust through that brick wall, take their comic books away. But then the little meat would deal with all the tanks and bombs and guns. Have you ever tried to read a series with all that going on? Guess I need to rethink this plan. How would I back and board my comics with such huge hands? Guess I already told ya. What a major spoiler. What a major spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What a major spoiler What a major spoiler If I'm Stark Raven rich like a man of iron I might not be surprised to find That I might actually have the heart cold To follow an entire storyline But would I really even need To read upon all those escapades I mean, who needs such distractions When your sister's such a babe But the downside is such a beast Being shot up in a fun Be in the Middle East With a King Santo and soldier what a major spoiler, what a major spoiler, yeah, 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 what a major spoiler, whoa, 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 whoa. what a major spoiler. Major Spoilers is copyright 2011.